Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by Jacob Schrader. How are you doing today, Jacob? Doing okay. Uh, I'm no longer in contention to win a fantasy football championship. It would have been back-to-back years. It would have been epic. But uh, I'm happy for all my my friends who are still competing, wishing them the best. Yeah, I was in the same boat as you. I started strong. Dalvin Cook had a really nice Saturday for me. Nick Chubb, not so much. I had a great game from Zay Jones. But in the end, Zavante Adams didn't do much. The rest of my team didn't really do much. So starting uh, Zonovan Knight really did nothing for me. Got me all of two points where I had Latavius Murray on the bench that would have had me uh... 21. I was stupid and decided to start Justin Herbert, who only got eight points. And Justin Fields, while it wasn't his best game, he still had a pretty good game. So in the end, it was just dumb mistakes, cost me. I overthought it as well. So what are you going to yeah. do next year's next year? I, what- I had one really dumb mistake, too. I started uh, Christian Watson, who, you know, to some degree was not benchable. No. but. You know, I'm a Rams fan and I had been watching the Rams game and teams play the Rams differently than they play every other NFL team right now. Right. They know the Rams can't score. All they do is run the ball. All they do is kill clock. You know, in in what world in in a game against the Rams would the Packers need to throw a deep pass to Christian Watson? It just it never was going to happen. Yeah. Um, So I could have started Jarek McKinnon. I had him on my bench. You know, I even started Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins had. 78 points in my fantasy league we play a little bit inflated scoring but that that 50 yard touchdown to or that 64 yard touchdown to your boy dalvin cook was like a 24 point play in my league it's a three point bonus for for 40 yard you know and then five five point bonus for 50 yard put him over some 300 yard martyrs yardage marker um you know all of our scoring is inflated so it, it ends up being just about double so i scored uh I think 189, my opponent scored 211. Um, we we like our scoring. Our scoring is really interesting. Yeah. And I, I think actually one thing to consider for all fantasy leagues is just adding more positions, you know, adding a third receiver, adding a second flex. I think it adds a lot of fun and adds a lot of skill to the game. So I think it's something we'll explore in the offseason. Totally agree. I'm all for different for- scoring formats. I do like three wide receivers and a flex over two wide receivers and a flex. So I agree with you, but you know, there's still daily fantasy to play this week. So if you are eliminated from your fantasy league and really don't have any interest in the consolation prize, like I'm not as interested in it, you know, go and play some daily fantasy. You can get some Saturday games, obviously tonight, the Thursday game and Sunday, there's three games on slate as well, but let's get straight into the stardom sit-ems because there are people competing for a fantasy football championship. And also people like I just mentioned, doing daily fantasy so we want to help you the best we get and we'll start off with quarterbacks as we usually do so my three stardoms this week are Gardner Minshew Aaron Rodgers Daniel Jones I'm going to highlight Gardner Minshew because he's the one that's never been on this stardom list before and here's the reason why the Eagles are a great team and as good as as good as Jalen Hurts has been He is helped by having the best offensive line in the league, one of the best receivers in A.J. Brown, and one of the best young receivers in Devonta Smith. And you could even throw the tight end Dallas Goddard in the middle. 
I think if you throw Gardner Minshew or any serviceable quarterback in the Philadelphia Eagles situation, they're going to have a good game. This is not like starting, say, Sam Ellinger in the Colts lineup. This is starting Gardner Minshew, who has won some big games. Don't forget, he was the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars a few seasons ago. Had they not traded, well, not that they traded, but had they not drafted Trevor Lawrence, he might still be there. He's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the game. He's going against a Dallas Cowboys squad who has just struggled mightily the last two weeks. They were they blew a big lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars last weekend. They lost 40 to 34 in overtime. They almost allowed the Houston Texans to beat them. I think Gardner Minshew is going to step in for the Eagles. I think it's going to be like nothing else happened. Maybe he doesn't have the mobility that Jalen Hurts does, but I see him throwing for several touchdowns. I think he's going to protect the ball. Like I said, he has the best offensive line in the game. So he's my one of my top starts of the week. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great pick. I'll say it's it'll be a big game for the wide receivers. Yep. And uh, on the other side, I think it helps Dak a little bit too because there's not going to be 34 rushing attempts from the Eagles, right? It'll be a little bit slower game because they'll be passing it more. They'll stop the clock with incompletions. They'll get out of bounds. Um, I think it alludes to actually being a higher scoring game. And, and I didn't realize it, but the Eagles are the top ranked offensive line by pro football focus. Yep. Um, and they, they really do. They have three elite players at the skill positions. Um, Miles Sanders is a good back. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, and this could really hurt Jalen, Jalen Hurts in the MVP discussion. Gardner, Gardner Minshew goes out and throws four touchdowns and 300 yards. That, that is basically a dagger to, hurts because you know him and Mahomes and and maybe even Burrow are are those three guys that are just a, a head and shoulders above and beyond in the QB MVP race so could be interesting my yeah, starts I, you know I also have Gardner Minshew I've got Geno Smith and I've got Dak I think Dak puts up a lot of points because I think the Eagles put up a lot of points as well right I think they're as you said it's still a great offense um I think this is a big game for the Cowboys I know I got a friend who's a Cowboys fan, and he was telling me, he told his family, don't text me, don't call me, I'm going to be at a steakhouse watching the <laughs> game. Uh, it was it was hilarious. And, and I told him, you know, it kind of sucks that uh, Hertz is out. He's like, I, I don't even care. I don't even care. Um, but uh, I think Dak fires back a little bit, right? Dak's an elite player. He's got his, he's got his boys back, and uh, should be a great game. Yeah, I'm a little leery about Dak Prescott because he has struggled as of late and he's going against a top-notch Philadelphia offense, primarily the secondary. You still have James Bradbury there, Darius Slay. I think that he's a he's very turnover-prone, at least in we- recent weeks, so I'd be leery on him. But to go back to your point about Jalen Hurts and MVP, Robert and I had this discussion yesterday on the podcast when we were previewing our picks. If Gardner Minshew goes out and has a, even an above-average game, and the Eagles win or the Eagles only lose by, say, like a field goal, that definitely does hurt Jalen Hurts' chances, no pun intended. But because look look at this, Micah Parsons has been getting a lot of heat in the past few weeks because he went on radio about two weeks ago and said he didn't think Jalen Hurts is the MVP because his success is surrounded by the talent around him. That's not to say Jalen Hurts isn't good, but if you look at what, what Pat Mahomes is surrounded by, surrounded by yes he has Travis Kelsey but he just lost Tyreek Hill one of the best wide receivers in the game and he's still performing at an elite level and the Kansas City defense is nowhere near the Philadelphia Eagles defense and he's still finding ways for them to win same thing with Joe Burrow Joe Burrow had to play 
about four to six weeks without Jamar Chase. And he's, he got them on a winning streak during that time. He's had to play without Joe Mixon for a few games. So I agree with you. I think that hurts if the Philadelphia Eagles go out and dominate against the Cowboys or at least keep it close and stay up to par. I think that's going to make him lose his chance at winning the MVP race. All right, let's move on to the sit So my three sit that I want to highlight are Deshaun Watson, Andy Dalton, and Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to center on both Deshaun Watson and Andy Dalton on this one because the Browns and the Saints are playing this weekend and Cleveland. And the weather is going to be one of the worst weathers you could ever play in if you are playing football. It is going to be not only freezing cold, but they're expecting something like two feet of snow. It's going to be windy. Gusts are going to be anywhere from 30 to 40 miles per hour. I don't know how points are going to get scored in the game. If you're into betting, if you look at the Vegas odds, the over-unders all the way down to 30 right now, that's unheard of for an NFL game to be down to 30. I don't think there's going to be scoring in this game at all. Even if there is, I think both teams are going to rely on their running backs. I don't know how you're going to throw in that kind of weather. So both of these guys are sits for me. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, you know, one thing I'll say is that the the over-under in that game is 32 points, and that's the lowest I think it's been in 16 years. Yep. Um, which tells you a lot. Uh, you probably don't want to start anybody on either of those teams. No. You know, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say it's not the worst thing to see Deshaun struggling. It would just it would it would be hilarious if he is a a, a bust all of a sudden. Um, I think he'll get it back because he was an electric playmaker in Houston, but uh, I think he's he's one of twenty quarterbacks all time to not lead his team to a touchdown drive in his first three games. Wow. Um. Yeah, he is. Uh, it, it's not clicking in in Cleveland right now. I'll, I'll highlight Derek Carr because the Steelers have allowed less than 17, 17 or less points in their last four games. The defense is really, you know, clicking a little bit, but you know, on the offensive side of the ball, they're doing okay. And, and, and Najee Harris is, is coming back to life. Uh, and that's important because in the Redskins giants game, you know, there was just no yardage put up because the teams ran the ball so efficiently. Right. Brian Robinson against your Giants. He he looked like the second coming of uh like the greatest running back of all time. I mean, he was he was dominant, right? I mean, you, you saw that. Yep. Um, yep. you know, I think it's a similar game with a lot of runs, and I just think uh Carr is not gonna put up a lot of fantasy numbers this game. No, I agree with you. The Steelers do have a very good defense, and the Raiders are overrated. They haven't been winning in their games that they've won because of Derek Carr. It's been a lot of Josh Jacobs. It's been a lot of the defense. It's been a lot of the Patriots just making the worst decision they could have and throwing a backwards lateral. They're not going to do that against the Steelers, especially when you have T.J. Watt in your in the defensive line. I think Derek Carr is going to get sacked. It's very hard to play in Pittsburgh. The weather is not going to be great. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. I agree with you. Derek Carr is not going to have a great game at all. All right, let's move on to running back. So my top three starts are Isaiah Pacheco, Najee Harris, and Deion Jackson. And I'll highlight Deion Jackson because he's filling in for Jonathan Taylor, who is out for the season. Sorry, Jonathan Taylor owners. I know you might not be in the fantasy football playoffs anymore if you drafted Taylor number one, but, you know, sucks for you. Anyway... (laughs) too bad like you you wanted to take a shot you could have listen to this is for jonathan taylor drafters you could have drafted any single person in the entire 
American Football League and you decided on Jonathan Taylor, I have no sympathy for you. You had your pick of, you had any pick in the world. You could have took Josh Jacobs. You could have took Devontae Adams. You could have took AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill. You name it. You took Jonathan Taylor. Sorry, sucks to be you. Anyway, that was my my little rant because I heard a lot from Jonathan Taylor owners over the few the past few weekends. But <laughs> Deion Jackson has a very favorable matchup Monday night. They're going to have Nick Foles fill in for Matt Ryan, who has been benched again. I think they're going to rely heavy on the running game. If you also look, the Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the league. They are they allow one of the top points to opposing running backs. I think Deion Jackson's going to get a lot of carries, especially with Nick Foles as quarterback. I think they're going to rely on the run game a lot more. I actually think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The Chargers don't have a good defense. They don't have a good defense. Indy is probably a little sour after blowing that big lead. I think they will rally around Nick Foles. He has that tendency to rally the troops. You look how he filled in for Carson Wentz a few seasons ago and won a, a Super Bowl with them. So I like Deion Jackson a lot this week, and I believe he's still available in some leagues if you can grab him real quick. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, so I'm looking at the same matchup. And, you know, after Taylor went out, uh, it was – I thought it was Zach Moss who saw a lot of action. You know, I know Deion Jackson knows the system better, and he is the better pass-catching back, you know, to some degree. Right. But Zach Moss had 24 carries um, in that game. Three and a half yards of carry, so didn't play that well. But I think it could be a more interesting decision – um, for Zach Moss versus Deion Jackson in that game. So I have Zach Moss as a starter. We'll That's see fair. how it plays out because you don't really know. And, and it's unfortunate because it is a – it's like a potential league winner, one of the two guys, whoever's the starter. So uh, if you can pick them both up, pick them up, it may not be the week to start either of them, or maybe it's the week to start both of them. Um, it, I just think it'll get more clear after this week who really is – the starter on that team. I've got Derek McKinnon and Cam Akers as well. I thought Akers played pretty well against the Packers. Um, I think if the Rams can get anything going, it's going to be through Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's a reasonable start. I didn't start him last week. I have him on my bench. Uh, he wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, and then Derek McKinnon is just, it's on fire. So start him for sure. Yeah, I like Isaiah Pacheco a little more. He seems to get at least catch some more passes, but I think Jarek McKinnon is just as good of a start if you have one or the other. They're both going to get carries. They're both going to get touches. They're going. The Kansas City Chiefs are going against the Seahawks this week. The spread is double digits. I expect Kansas City to win by double digits. The Seahawks won't have Tyler Lockett this week. Kenneth Walker is a little banged up. So I think this. I think that this game is going to be over pretty quickly. I think to to spread time out they're going to end up running the ball up both Pacheco and McKinnon are going to get the ball I would say about split 50-50 so I I think either of them are pretty good starts all right let's move on to who we like to sit I'm going to sit the combination of Brian Robertson and Antonio Gibson this week along with Rex Burkhead who let me down last weekend and Deonta Foreman and I'll highlight Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson because a lot of people might be scratching their heads well, they are going up this week against the San Francisco 49ers. And the San Francisco 49ers not only have the best defense in the league, but they have the best defense against the run in the league. If you remember a few weeks ago, they completely shut down Austin Eckler. They they made Leonard Fournette and Rashad White pretty much not 
like get a lot of yards until the end when the game was pretty much out of hand. I think it's a similar situation here. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. So the 49ers are still going to have control of the ball the majority of the time. I think that Washington, if they want to score any points, are going to have to rely on the run. That's not to say that the run is going to be successful. You still have Nick Boza over there. You still have that scary front seven for the 49ers. They're playing in Washington. They're also playing on a short week because they play Saturday. I And the 49ers are coming off a Thursday game, so they have had more rest. I would sit both Robinson and Gibson this week. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, I think Robinson is going to be a really good player. I mean, yeah, he will. I watched that Giants game. And he was he was dominant. I mean, he was the only good player on 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 the Commanders. Yeah, um, we don't have a good defense, so if he if he did if he was the only good player against us, I can only imagine how Washington's going to do against the 49ers. You know, I was starting Brian Robinson, and, and that Terry McLaurin on you know on the line off the line penalty probably lost me my matchup because oh, he would have gotten seven points for that touchdown. And then he could have, you know, in overtime, if he got 10 rushing yards, he would have hit the 100-yard rushing bonus, which in my league is another four points plus two for the yardage or three for the yardage because he was at 89, would have been seven, 15, would have been close. Um, anyways, my sits are Dobbins, Tyler Algier, and then DeAndre Swift, actually. Okay. Um, I think Swift is – I think it's a Jamal Williams game. Because I think it's it's going to be a game where they score a lot of touchdowns, and I think you know when they're in the goal when they're in the red zone, it's Jamal Williams who's getting the ball. Right. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm confident enough to start either one of them. I think if you have someone who can perform better than Swift, who's consistent, you know, Swift's been weird this year. He was drafted so early, and 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 they literally split time evenly among three backs. Um, I can't even remember the name of the third one. But I think his number is 42. Um, but they they just split them all, and and that's not a viable fantasy start. You know, Swift could still have four catches, but he's not going to see a ton of work on the ground. Uh, I think he's a reasonable set. It's a big decision. He's been sloping down kind of all year. Um, but this is when you got to make the big-time plays in the fantasy playoffs. So take a, take a look at Swift, see if he's the guy you really want to put in there. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, going against the Panthers this week, it's kind of a similar game for the Lions against the Jets last week. And the Carolina Panther, Panthers have a very underrated defense. Jared Goff doesn't play that well in the cold. It was it was a low-scoring game against the Jets 2017. I expect about the same against Carolina this week. I think that it's going to be hard to come by points. I think both defenses are going to play up to par. So I agree with you. I think DeAndre Swift is sadly becoming the number two back in Detroit. So I just wouldn't trust him. For some reason, Dan Campbell seems to have these games where he just doesn't want to put in DeAndre Swift in the game. And I don't understand it, but maybe we'll find out at the end of the season. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. So the three wide receivers I want to highlight are DJ Moore, Darius Slayton, and Demarcus Robinson. I'll highlight Demarcus Robinson because many people might be scratching their head. Who is he? Well, he's pretty much the only viable receiver right now on the Baltimore Ravens. It sounds like Lamar Jackson will play. If that's the case, he's going to be Lamar Jackson's top target along with Mark Andrews. The other receivers, if you look at the depth chart, are Deion Jackson, who's like 45 years old. Not really, but he's up there in age. 
And then they just signed Sammy Watkins, who was just cut by the Packers right before the game on Monday night. So if Lamar Jackson needs someone that he's going to throw to, if it's not Mark Andrews, it's going to be Demarcus Robinson. So keep keep looking at the news because if Tyler Huntley is playing over Lamar over Lamar Jackson, then I would be a little hesitant, even though he's going to be a top receiver. But definitely if Lamar Jackson gets a start, Demarcus Robinson is a must start for me. How about you, Jacob? Yep. Can't lie. I did not know who Demarcus Robinson was before you uh, <laughs> you let us know. So uh, good to know. I've got Christian Watson. I've got Michael Pittman and I've got Marquise Goodwin. I can highlight all three of these guys. I guess I'll go to Goodwin because Lockett is out. Right. And Goodwin has been really Goodwin has been surprisingly good this year. Um, like he he's the third option on the team, but he catches a, a surprising amount of passes. Um, let's see some recent weeks. So in week 14 versus Carolina, he saw six targets for five receptions, 95 yards and a touchdown. He's been putting up reasonable numbers all year. Um, You know, had two for 10 on five targets last week. That was against San Francisco. You know, as the number two wide receiver in this offense, I think he's incredibly trusted. I think he basically slides in for Tyler Lockett. He's he's similar build, small guy, fast. Uh, It could be a really big week for Marquise Goodwin. You know, teams are going to be doubling DK Metcalf. Um, I think Seattle. Who is Seattle playing? Is Seattle playing the Rams? Seattle has Kansas. Uh, no, they're City. playing Kansas City. So, I mean, that tells you everything. That's a that's a great matchup for their wide receivers. Um, Marquis Goodwin to me is a sneaky good start this week. Yeah, I was considering putting him, but I ran out of the top three people to put. But Marquis Goodwin, I agree with you. Don't forget, a few years ago, he was San Francisco's, I believe, one or two receiver for a while. He can catch the ball. I think he's been underutilized this year in Seattle. So I do think he's going to have a big game because Seattle's going to have to throw a lot. They're going to be behind. So agree with you right there. All right, my sit-ums this week are Christian Kirk, Amari Cooper, and Chris Olave. And just like with my quarterbacks, I will highlight Amari Cooper and Chris Olave. Obviously, Cooper's with the Browns. Olave is with the Saints. They're going to be playing in that ice bowl, blizzard, whatever you want to call it. But I don't see this being a big passing game whatsoever. Even if it is, there's definitely going to be no deep balls. I would just sit any wide receiver that it wears a Browns or a Saints jersey. So those are my top two sits. How about you, Jacob? Yeah, so I've got um, Jacoby Myers. I've got Olave, and then I've got the Commanders wide receivers. And I'll ha- highlight Jacoby Myers because everyone saw what he did at the end of the game last week. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he's necessarily in the doghouse, right? I think one of the biggest things I heard is, A, he's an incredibly well-respected player within that organization. And B, he handled himself incredibly well following that play. You know, one of the biggest things, you know, that they say is when you when you do something bad, don't go on social media. Right? right. We saw what happened to Lamar Jackson earlier this year. We see Micah Parsons tweeting out stuff that, you know, I don't think the stuff Micah Parsons is, is tweeting is necessarily wrong. It's it's just his opinion. But um I think Jacoby Myers could struggle, right? New England's playing Cincinnati, they've got a good defense. Um I, I think it's a reasonable week to sit him. And, and there's the intangible factor that he could just be in the doghouse, right? This is still a Bill Belichickian run organization, right? What he did last week is probably the worst play the Patriots have ran in, in, in 20 years, right? In Bill, that's the most embarrassed Bill Belichick has ever been to be a coach to the New England Patriots in his career. Um, so it, it, it could affect play calling, could affect you know, how, how much he plays. So I think he's a reasonable sit this week. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, that was the most talked about play following the weekend. I don't know. I know Bill Belichick tends to hold grudges. You saw him sit Butler, Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl a few years ago, which was they, they might have won if they if he didn't sit. So I agree with you. He's probably in the doghouse for sure. All right, let's move on to tight ends. So my three t- tight ends I want to start are Cade Otten, Robert Tunyon, and Pat Fryermuth. And I'll highlight Kate Otten because the Buccaneers are going up against the Cardinals this week, who, if you haven't been paying attention to the news, the Cardinals are on their third string quarterback. Kyler Murray, Murray is obviously done for the season. So is so and not well, Colt McCoy is not done for the season, but he's not playing this week. So they have to rely on Trace McSorley, who used to be Penn State's quarterback. If you saw at the end of that game last week that the Cardinals played against the Broncos. You saw how bad Trace McSorley is. So I don't think that there is any way that the Cardinals are going to be in the game. That said, that should that should allow the Bucks to score a lot of points. I don't think that the defense is going to be able to keep up because I think they're going to be on the field a lot. Tom Brady has seemed to lost touch with Mike Evans. I don't know what's been going on with him, but he does seem to have good rapport with Cade Otten. So for me, I think he's going to go to Cade Otten a lot. It also helps that the Arizona Cardinals defense has allowed the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So Cade Otten is the top start for tight end for me this week. How about you, Jacob? Yeah. Um, I've got Dawson Knox. I got Daryl Waller, Darren Waller, and I've got Trey McBride. Um, you know, Dawson Knox came alive last week. I understand he's got a tough matchup this week, but that's the Dawson Knox I think some people were expecting. And Buffalo has they haven't necessarily struggled on offense, but I think they they have realized that they need to get Dawson Knox more involved, right? I think Chicago's rank of being second against tight ends it may be a little bit misleading. Right, they're just a bad defense, and and you know maybe they haven't played teams with great tight ends. Um, sometimes when when bad teams have really good stats against specific positions, it's a little bit misleading. Um, so I think Dawson Knox is a good start. Um, if you've had him this year, you've been waiting a long time for a game like last week. You know, far and away his best game of the season. I think he could bring it back. You know, I think. Buffalo could look his way a little bit more. So he's my uh, tight end start of the week. It's funny. He's one of my sits of the week just because I just feel like he's been so inconsistent. He had a huge game against the Dolphins last week. He goes up against the Bears defense. Actually, even though they've been terrible, they've been pretty good against opposing tight ends. So he's one of my sits. I also have David Nujoku, which I'm not going to explain again, but he's a Brown. He's going to be on one of the worst services this week in that snowstorm. I just don't expect very many passes at all. So I think he's a bench. And then Cole Komet of the Bears. The Bills have one of the top defenses still, even though that Von Miller is out and the guard very well against tight ends. So he's my other sit. How about you, Jacob? Yeah. Uh, so I've got Greg Dolchich, Hayden Hurst, and Gerald Everett. You know, Hayden Hurst coming back from an injury. If he starts, uh, he could be limited. And, you know, I don't know. He, he – to be to give him credit, he was really good in the games he's played this season, but um, you just don't know what his availability is going to be. And then I just got absolutely screwed by starting Golchich last week. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if Russ is back, that may change. He may be startable, but uh, I, I would bet Russ is back. But even so, uh, um, you know, that's not an offense you want 
to be relying on if if you're in the uh the semifinals. Yeah, I agree with you as well. All right, well, those are our starter sits. Let's go through our top scorers of the week. So for me, the quarterback I think is going to score the most points this week is Pat Mahomes. I mentioned they're going up against Seattle. Seattle hasn't been playing well at all. I believe they lost four of their last five games. They haven't been good since they went to Germany. Their defense hasn't looked good at all. In fact, they have a lot of key injuries. I think Mahomes is going to light it up against Seattle. They have a favorable matchup. I think Mahomes connects with Kelsey a lot. I think he connects with his wide receivers. So, he, I mean, last week he threw something like three touchdowns, three interceptions against the top, the Texans. I don't think he's going to throw the throw the same amount of interceptions this week, but he's one of my top starts. All right, and then my top score for running back will be Derrick Henry. If you saw the news, Ryan Tannehill is out for the season. That means Malik Willis is going to play. Malik Willis has not been that good in the few starts he's had this year. That being said, I think they're just going to pound the ball. The Titans are with Derrick Henry the same way they did against the Titans when Malik Willis started the other time earlier in the season. So I think Derrick Henry's in for 150 to 200 yard day, multiple touchdowns. He's going to be my top running back. And then my top scoring wide receiver, I'm going to do with Devontae Adams. Derek Carr is going to have to compete with the with the Steelers. It feels like every time Devontae Adams has a bad game, he comes back explosive. I know firsthand because I'm a Devontae Adams owner. He had a terrible game last week. He didn't get me a lot of points. One of the reasons I did not win my league. Well, I did not win my matchup, I should say, in the playoffs. So I think this week he's going to come back and have a monster game. Who are your top picks, Jacob? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll just say something about Derrick Henry quick. I think the last four times he's played the, uh, the Texans, he's gone over 200 yards in each of them. Yeah. Um, which is ludicrous. So I would have put him, but in, you know, instead I went second, but, you know, going back to quarterback, I've got Dak. Um, you know, I, I understand your sentiment, the Eagles. I mean, Dak is certainly a little bit of a sleeper pick here. Hasn't been so good. Um, and the, uh, Throwing a lot of interceptions and the Eagles are a good defense, but I don't know. You know, Dak is a guy who's, you know, they could, they could put up 45 points any week. Um, and if the, the Eagles and Minshew put some pressure on him, you know, I just think it could be a week for Dak. Um, certainly a, a little bit of a sleeper pick, but you know, it's Dak Prescott. He's an elite quarterback. He is, uh, he, he, he just it, any week could be Dak's week. And you know, the, 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 Cowboys just go off in certain weeks. So that's my quarterback. My running back is Eckler, right? Eckler, you know, surprisingly came out of the matchup last week with a little bit of an injury, um, came back, you know, I'm sure he's fine, but playing against Indy, Indy is just atrocious against running backs, first of all, and the defense has just taken a huge hit these last couple of weeks. Um, could be a huge week for Eckler. You know, m- maybe there's some light in saying that, hey, uh, Herbert's been throwing a lot of interceptions. We want to keep the ball close to the, the you know, close to him and throw a lot to Eckler um, more so than he's been doing, you know, not force the ball downfield and throw picks. So I think that could contribute. But just overall, it's a great matchup for Eckler. So that's my pick. And then at the the wide receiver spot, I've got DK Metcalf. Um, the Chiefs are going to put up points so that the, the Seahawks are going to have to follow. And, you know, as much as I love Marquise Goodwin, I'm not putting him at, uh, above DK. I think he's still right. a solid start, but, you know, this is going to be a big week for DK, all things considered. Um, so that's my uh, my pick. 
All right. Well, that is our predictions for who's going to be the top top scorers of week 16. Let's go to our final segment, which is the start bench and cut segment. So I am going to give Jacob three players at each position. He's going to pick which of the following he wants to start for the rest of the season, which he wants to bench and which he wants to cut. You ready for this, Jacob? Yeah. You know, what, what do you think about doing it instead of for the rest of the season this year, doing it for next year? Is that going to translate? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's say you have a dynasty league and you got to pick one of each. You want to do it okay. that? All right. Let's, let's do that. All right, Jacob, you got Trevor Lo- for quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins. Who are you going to start, bench, or cut? Okay. So, you know, Dynasty. First of all, I love Dynasty. I used to be in a big Dynasty league. Um, should have never left left in college because I was busy with baseball. But, you know, I, I think you've got to take Trevor Lawrence as your starter in a Dynasty league. I mean, the kid is showing up finally. Finally. I like, I like, you know, my complaints about him was we do, he was a little soft in, early in his career, but he's kind of taken that away. He's, uh, he, 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 his press conferences look good. He's saying the right things. He's acting the right way. I like Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think you got to bench Kirk and you got to cut Gino just because you don't really know what's going on with Gino. I do think he has a, a career after this. I think he goes in and is a starter somewhere. It could be in Seattle, but I mean, the, the dude just made his first Pro Bowl in his tenth season. You know, first off, good for him. Second off, it, it, it means his career is revitalized a bit. He'll get a contract after this. Um, I like Gino, but you know, he's my cut in this scenario. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think I would definitely keep Trevor Lawrence. Gino, he's just one of those guys where I think this was his peak. You know, he had his great season. I don't see him having the same season or even replicating it next year. Seattle's going to draft a quarterback for sure. They are rebuilding. They got a lot of draft picks from Denver. They're going to have one of the top picks because Denver is so bad. So I agree with you there. All right, let's go to running back, Jacob. So for a dynasty league, who would you – well, instead of start, we'll say keep. Who would you keep, who would you bench, and who would you cut between Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, and Najee Harris? Yeah. So I think this is basically, you know, I think it's obvious I'm going to cut Joe Mixon. I think the dude's at pretty much the end of his career. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking at drafts, you know, past NFL drafts, and I, I swear I did not realize that Jeremy Hill and Joe Mixon were different players. I mean, they are exactly the same in terms of how they run. You know, they're the same build. They're small, stout backs that, uh, you know, were in Cincinnati and, and kind of were always a disappointment in fantasy and then would randomly put up 80 points. Um, so I'm cutting him between Najee and Aaron Jones. Um, I think you got to keep Aaron Jones here. So it would depend a little bit, you know, on how old Aaron Jones is. Um, I know N- Najee is incredibly young, but, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is 28 here. So he was a 2017 draft pick. I guess I'll probably switch that then. I'll probably keep Najee and then bench. Um, Aaron Jones, because Najee's got four years uh, m- m- of more playing time than uh, Aaron Jones. And a good quarterback in, in Pittsburgh completely changed the situation for him. Yeah, I, I, I was high on Najee this year. He really let me down. I didn't have him on my team, but I followed him. But he has had a lot of good games as of late. 
I think that we're going to see more of his late season antics next year than his early season ones. I think that with Kenny Pickett, it looks like they have their their quarterback for the immediate future coming up. He has had a good rookie campaign. I think Najee's settling in. I think he will have a better season next year than he had this year. So agree with you on all those. All right, finally, let's do wide receivers. How about these guys, Jacob? Garrett Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, and Gabe Davis. Yeah, this is tough. You know, Ayuk and, and Wilson are both extreme talents. Both, you know, incredibly young. Yeah. I think you got to start. I think you got to keep or start Wilson because Wilson is just looking like a generational talent. Um, running really, really good crossing routes and catches the ball well. That's important, right? He catches the ball well. He catches right. it well. He's moving, you know, and he can make adjustments when the ball's deep in the air. Obviously, Ayuk can do the same stuff. But I have a feeling Ayuk's not going to leave San Fran. Um, at least in, in the near future, even after maybe his rookie deal is up, I think he might resign just because that team is so good. He has a reasonable role, but he's not in that role. That's going to lead to crazy numbers. He's got Debo uh, and then you've got C-Mac and you've got Kittle. Um, so, you know, I don't know why I think he'll stay. I just do. I, I just think he, he's a good fit in, in San Francisco and, and Gabe Davis is good, but you know, he's a little bit off from those two. Um, if Gabe Davis goes to a team that's not the Bills, I don't think he's a threat. Um, so that that's why I would cut Gabe Davis. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Garrett Wilson has a bright future ahead of him. The quarterback situation in New York's a little dicey. You don't know if Zach Wilson's ever gonna come around or if Mike White is the real deal, but he definitely has a talent. So Ayuk is one of my keeps. All right. Well, that is our show, everyone, for today. I want to wish you all happy holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I wish you a happy holiday season and a happy new year. Jacob and I will be back next week, even though the fantasy football championships will probably be over. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there's still daily fantasy. So we want to help you with all your starts and sits. And before we sign off, Jacob, any last words or advice for the audience? You know, hopefully you're in a better situation than I am. Hopefully you're still playing for the the pride that comes with winning a fantasy football championship. And if you are, I wish you the best of luck. All right, everyone. Take care.